Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I am your host, Thomas A. Deloach, and I'm so glad that you've decided to connect with me for these few moments in time. And on today's show, I want to talk about spiritual impartation. This is a teaching podcast, so go and grab your Bibles and something to write with, as I believe I will give you something of value, and hopefully you will be blessed with this episode today. As always, we start with a Bible verse, and we want to go to Romans chapter number one and verse number 11. So if you can grab your Bibles, Romans chapter one, verse number 11. If you're driving, obviously you can't do that, but you can listen to the replay over and over again and look at this particular passage yourself. I think this is so important as we set the foundation for spiritual impartation. But the word of the Lord reads like this, for I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end ye may be established. So that word established means to settle or fix firmly, to set up or to put in place effective permanently. Now notice what he says here again, some spiritual gift. We have the notion in our world that if you're going to get something, you have to struggle the hard way to get it. I grew up like that and I heard older people saying that, you know, you got to work like I did to get what I got. But as I grew up, I realized that was nonsense because anybody that has some valuable information or something that they can impart to you, see your life be made better and to see you do it at a higher level than they did. That's something you should willingly do. As a parent, I don't want my son to struggle in any area of his life if I've already been where he's trying to go. I want to impart it to him so he can start off quicker, faster, so that he can get there and not take 20, 30 years. No parent wants their kid to be in debt. And so we want to leave money, we want to leave knowledge, we want to leave information, and we shouldn't want people to struggle and come up through the hard knocks of life. And so I think we really need to take a closer look at this because the Apostle Paul understood the importance of spiritual gifts. I'm not talking about natural gifts, gifts that you got naturally, but spiritual gifts, something that has to be imparted to you because it makes your life, as far as a spiritual standpoint, better. Things that you couldn't get on your own has to be spiritually imparted to you. Now, some things are taught, other things are caught, but the power of impartation causes you to glean in another man's field, causes that man or that woman of God, that mentor, to be able to Put something inside of you that if you water and nurture that thing, it can grow at a rate that it wouldn't be able to grow at in the natural. And that's the power of spiritual impartation. See, impartation takes place not just when a sermon is delivered. 
but when the word of God is actually received into the core of our being. And this is why when we go to church, especially of those of you that go to church, you can't go like casual other people go. They'll go and they'll sit and they're just listening to a message or they're just listening to a sermon, but they're not listening with the intent to receive something into their spirit because the student has to be locked in just as much as the teacher is teaching. And so if we're going to actually get something imparted to us, when we go to the house of God, we have to see this as not an ordinary place. Too many people are just seeing church as just some ordinary place, just some place that we go on Sunday just to check mark box and say, hey, I was there. No, it's more than that. Impartation requires a certain reception of divine truth for transformation to take place. For in the end, we will be judged not by how we heard the message, but how much we have been changed into the image of Christ. So the greatest burden of any ministry is not simply to scatter the seed, but to see fruit growing from the preaching and teaching of the scripture. And as a pastor, I know this full well. You know, people come to church, my ministry, every Sunday, and then some, they don't come at all. And I've noticed that the people that come and they sit with the intention to receive, they grow, they evolve, they become better, their faith is strong. I see them doing things. I see them launching out in the deep when they would do it. Conversely, when I see the people that don't come to church, their life is at the same level it was at when they came through the doors. They have financial difficulties. They always need prayer. They always need encouragement. They always need a pat on the back. And it can be draining because it's like you're sitting there, but what are you getting? Again, it is just incumbent on the teacher as it is the student. And I would dare say more on the student to be able to get what God is saying through that man or woman of God. This is so key because Jesus condemned this whole notion about you sitting in ministry and not growing, not bearing fruit. God wants us to bear fruit. And if we're not bearing fruit, we're just wasting time. The scripture tells us in James to receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. And we know our souls is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And we know that part of our life was not affected at the point of salvation. When you were born again, your spirit was recreated, but your soul is still the same. And this is why you can go to church and never receive the word of God into your spirit and you still think the same thoughts, do the same things, still have the same behavior, still have the same addictions and habits that you had. It wasn't that your spirit wasn't recreated, it was. But our spirit man has got to train our souls to think like God. And that doesn't happen at the point of salvation. You got to work out your own soul salvation with fear and trembling. And the scripture goes on to say, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, 
deceiving yourselves. I'm going to say that again. Be ye doers of the word. You got to do it and not just hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You'll note this in James chapter 1, 21 and 22. So the doing or the accomplishment of the word of God in our lives will be imparted to us only as we receive the word of God as a tree admits a branch to be grafted in its life. Again, for those that go to church or to Bible study, or you're listening to someone virtually, or you're listening to me even now, you have to listen with the intention to do, especially on subjects that we don't want to hear about. It's easy to receive the word when it's something you want to hear about or something that's interesting to you. But as soon as a word is cutting us and chopping us up and digging and dealing and our attitudes and our dysfunctions and different things like that. I've been in church long enough to know people will tune you out when it's something that they don't want to hear. But that is where our growth slows down. You got to be able to hear the word when it's something you want to hear, but especially if it's something you don't want to hear or something you don't care listening to at all, because our responsibility is to receive it. And when we receive it and do it, then impartation is born. See, God wants to cut through the bark of our soul, the mind, the will, the emotion. He needs to saw a gash through the weathered timber of our self-protection that we cover ourselves with. He has to pierce through our phony facades, our self-righteous, into the tender weeping part of us that when we hear the word of God, we weep because we know we've been found. When was the last time you heard the word of God and you wept because you said, man, this is dealing with me? When was the last time you read the word of God at your coffee table? When was the last time you heard the word of God and it was dealing with you so and you said, man, God, this is me. I got to get this right. I got to get this straight. I'm not going to be good until I begin to manifest this thing. We're too casual. We're too come see, come stop. We're too on ourselves, too in our feelings to be able to receive this. And the apostle Paul understood this all too well. So there's a place in our lives where impartation can happen and it needs to happen, where our souls bleed and where our heart seeps and where God will carve a gorge with self and put in you what is necessary for you to gain entrance into the next level, into the next dimension in God. The Lord does not cut a wound in our lives to bring us pain, but he knows that this is the only way that you're going to be broken. In other words, when we talk about impartation, there's a cutting that has to happen and there's a spreading that has to happen. And then that word is imparted. It's just like a surgeon who has to cut on you and go in and put something in and then take something out. And you can tell if you've ever had surgery, when you wake up the next few hours, you know, because your body is sore. There's something that has happened to you. Problem with many people in the church and in the body of Christ and those that profess to be saved and Christians and followers of the way, there's no soreness. There's no evidence that God 
been cutting on you. There's no evidence in our humility and our gratitude. There's no evidence in the way that we serve. I'm telling you, man, when God is dealing with you, it's not going to take five years, 10 years, 20 years. It shouldn't take that long for God to get through to you and to help you to see that you're the problem. And people don't even want to hear that anymore. They want to hear something smooth. They want to hear something that's going to make them feel good. But I'm telling you, man, when you're training for the Olympics, I've done what I haven't done, but I've seen people who do documentaries and how their body has to go through deep amounts of change. I'm talking about things that the body you would think cannot do. And they're doing this for one race one crack at it. And I'm telling you, imagine you're training for the Olympics and this race is the only race you're going to run to get the gold medal, to get the silver medal, to get the bronze medal. I'm telling you, man, you got to give it everything you got. And so again, when we are hearing the word of God, the number one question we got to ask ourselves as it relates to impartation, are you going to do it? I'm not talking about are you going to listen? We know that's a part of it. But are you going to do it to the point where it inconveniences you, to the point where you know your spiritual body has been changed, to you know your physical flesh has been wounded because of what God is saying to you that you got to do? This thing is not a game. And many of us, we deceive ourselves. The scripture just said it, just said it, deceiving ourselves. James chapter 1, 22, deceiving ourselves, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. You deceive yourself when you don't do both. You got to hear it and you have to do it. You just can't sit in church and just listen. Everybody's doing that. For the most part, some people are asleep. Some people are bored. Some people don't even want to be there. I tell people this all the time. If you are not ready to listen and do the word, don't even come to church. Don't waste your time. Go do something else. Go fly a kite. Go barbecue. Go ride a bike. Ride a skateboard. I don't know. But you have to take every moment that God is giving to you and be serious about it. Yes, there are times of fun and relaxation and entertainment, but I'm telling you, man, when we are hearing the word, this is our life. This is our legacy. This is a way that we can help build our families. This is a way that we can help build our marriage. This is a way that we can do things at a high level. We don't have time wasting time doing the wrong thing. So we've got to understand that when the Lord is cutting on us, he's bringing into fruition and to being greater fruit. That's what we need to know and understand. God is trying to help us to bear some greater fruit. Now, in Genesis, go there quickly if you can. Genesis 32. I'm just going to give you one Bible character today and show you here this principle of spiritual impartation. Genesis 32. We're going to start here at verse number 24, and we'll conclude at verse number 31. Check this out. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled with the man with him until the breaking of day. So get that picture in your mind, Jacob wrestling with a man until the breaking of day. And when he saw that he prevailed, 
not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. So here again, it's this principle of impartation that there's going to be some cutting, that Jacob was wrestling with this man until the breaking of day. And Jacob was wrestling so long with this man, demanded to touch the hollow of this man's thigh till the joint came out. So there was some pain, some discomfort, a dislocation. Because something has to happen to you where God can get in and you know something has happened. Watch this. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go. This is Jacob. I will not let thee go except thou bless me. Notice this man's passion. Notice that Jacob had come to a point in his life where he was like, I am not going to let you go until I get a divine empowerment in my life. The blessing was not the house, was not the car, but it was a divine empowerment. In other words, Jacob was tired of being what he was. Jacob was tired of failing. Jacob was tired of pretending. Jacob was tired of facade. He was tired of all of the things in his life that were supposed to be but it was not. Now notice it was incumbent upon Jacob and Jacob was willing to fight for the divine empowerment, for the divine blessing. And the scripture goes on to say, and he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with man and has prevailed. Notice the identity was changed. This is what has got to happen to all of us. We all have a natural name and that natural name comes with it, what it means, what it shall do and different things like that. And if you can read the story of Jacob, we know he was a trickster. He did things that was dishonest. But again, Jacob was at a point in his life where change needed to happen. And he fought so long for change. He fought because he didn't want to be the same old guy he was. The spirit of God changed his name, his identity. Now he's a prince. And the scripture says he has power with God and man. He has favor with God and man. He has influence with God and man. He can talk to God and see a change. He can talk to man and see a change. And this is where we fail. We don't fight long enough to get the impartation that God has promised us because we become very lazy in Christianity. You pray today. If you don't get it tomorrow, you quit. You pray today. You go through for three weeks or a month or a year. God's word is not true. We got to make up our mind. This thing is not going to just be delivered to you like you driving through Wendy's and getting a hamburger and fries. No, this is not a drive through. You're going to have to fight. You're going to have to wrestle. You're going to have to go through, but it is worth it. And it will happen for you if you understand the principles of spiritual impartation. And in verse 29, it says, and Jacob asked him and said, tell me, I pray thee thy name. And he said, wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And verse 30 says, and Jacob called the name of that place Penel, 
for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Penel, the sun rose upon him and he halted upon his thigh. That's powerful. I've often said that people have to have a crash course collision with God to be able to walk with him. In other words, some people will never really come to God unless something catastrophic happens. They got to get in a car wreck, the car flip over 20 times, and then they'll come out and they'll say, man, I'm ready to trust you. Some people got to go through sickness and disease, almost near death, and then they'll come to God. Everybody's not like that, but I know people who are just playing games with God and I'm saying, man, they are going to have to go through something catastrophic for God to get their attention. And that's what it was for Jacob. And again, the scripture says in verse 31, and as he passed over Peniel, the sun rose upon him and he halted upon his thigh, that he walked differently. See, when you get hit in a place in the presence of God, when he's dealing with you, you are not going to walk the same way. He was able to see God face to face. And he declared, my life is preserved. This is this crash course collision I'm talking about. And there will be some that have to have this. But I'm telling you, it is life changing. And when that happens, nobody got to tell you to pray. Nobody got to tell you it's time to worship, to read your Bible, because I'm telling you, there is a noticeable change in your life. And the reality is we all need this. If we're going to walk with God, we cannot walk with him the way we did before. We can't talk with him the way we did before. We can't fellowship the way we did before. We can't worship God the way we did before. Something has got to give. Newsflash. It's not going to be God. God's not going to change. He's perfect. We have to change. We have to realize what we're doing right now is simply not enough. And some of us know it's not enough. Some of us know we're just giving a half-hearted job. It's tough, man, when you're with people and you know they're not giving it all that they have and they're riding on your hard work. That's why I never like group assignments because somebody's going to get stuck doing all the work while everybody else got their feet up, not putting in their part. But what I love about God, we all got to put in our own work. And there was a time in Jacob's life where he came to an end of himself. All alone, Jacob wrestled with God all night long. He refused to let go of God until he received an impartation of transforming grace and divine blessing. Now, there are seasons in our lives where God, we know, is dealing with us. When we know this, we need to pray. I'm not talking about getting your long laundry list of things you want him to do. I need a new house. I need a new car. My wife is acting up. My kids is acting strange. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when we pray, we are honest and saying, God, I don't like being here. I don't like where I am. I know I'm not all I should be. And I'm tired of faking the funk. I'm tired of just doing things like everybody else is doing. You got to get to a place where you are honest with God. And Jacob may have first wondered, who is this that jumped me? 
<laughs> God's face was kept in darkness and God's name was sealed in silence. Likewise, we do not always know what or how we should pray, but we should refuse to give way to anything that would hinder the reception of spiritual impartation. Sometimes we must be able to pray effectively without knowing why and able to sense the relief of an answer without knowing what it was. This is the path of becoming the Israel of God. The latter clause here in Galatians chapter 6, verse 16. I want to finally say, Jacob wrestled with God until. I'm going to say that to you again. Jacob wrestled with God until. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're going through. I don't even know your name, but you need to put your name there. You have to wrestle with God until. Until what? Until. Until change happens. Until you walk differently. Until you talk differently. Until you don't have the desire for the things you used to have a desire for. He was changed through spiritual impartation. How many times have we heard the word of God and we haven't even been moved? How many times have we felt the shaking of God's presence and we refuse to tremble at his word? We just hear enough to be touched, but we don't hear enough to be changed. We have to stop the cycle today. And I want to encourage you. I know things are not what you thought they would be. I know you may be discouraged about how things are in this world. But I was telling our members the other day, I said, that's got nothing to do with you. You were born into this. You didn't create the world you live in and the dysfunction and the murderings and the killings and the lies and the deceit. You were born into this. But here's what you got to understand. We've got to get into another kingdom and not be moved by what we see in this earthly world. It's going to pass away. It's going to fade away. But the word of God, hear me clearly, is going to stand forever. And if I can get that word inside of me, I can stand forever. I can stand the test of time and not be moved and shaken by the things that are going on. This world is not your business, but we still have to be about the father's business and be led to do the things that he is telling us to do. The things that he's not leading us to do, the things that he's not calling us to do, the things that he's not put in our heart to do, it's not our business. Let somebody else handle that in the body of Christ. But you need to do what he's told you to do. And when you stick with it, when you got impartation in your heart and those gifts are flowing in and through you, that's God himself moving. And when God is moving through you and you can see the changes in your life and other people, I'm telling you, is nothing like seeing change in your life and in the life of other people. This walk is worth it when we know how to walk with God. Don't get ahead of him. Stay right next to him because he knows the way that he wants you to take. All right. Well, that's all that I wanted to share with you today. I pray that you really understood just for these few moments in time, spiritual impartation. Continue to do your own study with this. And if this particular episode blessed you, I want you to shoot me an email 
at info at thomasadeloach.com. You can always go to my website at thomasadeloach.com. Get on my subscriber list because I'm sending out monthly e-blasts to empower you. I want you to do it today. And finally, I'm looking for financial partners who will partner with me so that we can continue to see these shows moving throughout the world and you can share them with friends and family, but know on the backside that this This is a cost. And you know that I believe in sowing and giving. I taught many lessons and episodes on giving and sowing. And so I want you to go to that website at thomasadeloach.com. Scroll all the way down, almost to the bottom of the screen. You'll see a donation tab there. No dollar amount is too big or too small. And everything that you give helps me to continue to produce these shows. Go and do it today and God will be well pleased. I'm praying for you today. Don't just be a hearer, be a doer. Don't waste your time in this thing. Do something profound and let God flow his life through you for not only your change, but somebody else's. And remember, as always, to be empowered. Thank you for listening to my show, To Empower You. If you were blessed, inspired and encouraged please send me a praise report prayer requests or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com and follow me on instagram at thomasadeloach and facebook at dr thomas a deloach and remember you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com until next time be empowered, empowered.